in a dark world filled with deceit. One united voice is crying out. Revealing the truth of God's word. It's time to expose the hidden truth. And unravel the lies. While we're living in Satan's little season. With Sister Crystal and Brother Phil. Welcome to Living in Satan's Little Season show. We're your hosts, Sister Crystal and Brother Phil. Hey everyone. Alright, another great topic. Armageddon. Yes. We've all seen the movie. <laughs> the Hollywood production style. Not well, we're... exactly the same one we're talking about. <laughs> Hollywood, of course, is glamorizes everything, and of course, it's not really that biblical. But no, we're going over the all. biblical Armageddon, the real event, Armageddon, which is basically the judgment against the nations when and, Christ returned. And it was a furious yes. battle, and you know we're we're going to talk about that. But it was in our past, so we weren't even born at that time. Persecution of the saints happened, the seven year tribulation or whatever. Talked about that last time, and then. After, and then, of course, the destruction of the temple by right. the Romans and everything, and destroying the old temple, the whole, right. that was the end of the age. In the middle of that is when Christ returned, and with the holy angels, and essentially, then, are getting ready to pronounce judgment on the nation. Because remember, everybody that was resurrected on the right. first resurrection were with Christ. So Christ and all the first resurrected were there. And of course, Christ came with his holy angels. Or are we going to fight these nations that we're going to stand up against them? And they landed, of course, he landed on the Mount of Olives. So just trying to get everybody up to speed. This is kind of the events that happened according to our Bible. Really easy to understand. So Christ is on the Mount of Olives with all the saints and the holy angels are backing him and he's yes. getting ready to judge the nation. And that's when Armageddon is. Essentially, it's a right. judgment against the nations that didn't accept him. And then after that judgment, is that when Satan was locked up? Satan was bound after yeah. that real mm -hmm. quick. Okay, yeah. so however long this war takes, he was bound quickly <laughs> was after looking, that. He wasn't looking forward to what came next. And then, of course, the <laughs> thousand-year reign of Christ happened. So this is all, of course, in our ancient past. This is all ancient in rearview mirror for mm -hmm. us, but it's good to understand this timeline, understanding when these events took place, right. so then we can prepare and understand, okay, no, no this, we don't need to worry about this, this is in our past, exactly. but we can maybe understand or glean from this some information so we can use it in our own lives. Because that's that's where learning and wisdom really comes from. I was always at the camp that I would rather learn from other people's experiences and mistakes than having to make my own. Amen to that, sister. <laughs> I don't want to have to make these mistakes, especially when it comes to eternity. Exactly. I mean, know? I'd rather learn from other people's mistakes of going through trials and tribulations. Exactly. And then coming out the other side than to have to go through them myself. Exactly. The, yeah. the peaceful thought is this. If they could endure all of this harsh tribulation and all of that, we can endure our harsh reality of deception and coming out of this Satan's little season. 
There are just so many verses and so much scripture about yeah. the great Armageddon event here yeah. that we can't go over all of them. This would take literally many, many episodes. I don't really like to focus on these too much yeah. because it is a past event that we don't really need to know too much. But of course, you most of Revelation, seven bulls, seven seals, right. seven trumpets, all that stuff was part of the, of the Armageddon, Armageddon event. event. And of course, if you want to find out more detail on what all transpired, you can go ahead and read all that. We just want to bring up some key things that exactly. I think are important and a couple of mind blowers. I, I got to throw in my mind blowers here <laughs> because I think it's important for us to get a little picture of what happened in, the, in these events. So we're going to start in Zechariah chapter 14, which is my go-to chapter because <laughs> it gives so, it, it, gives, it just puts down the timeline so right. perfectly that it's just, I just go back to that and it's just simple, easy to understand, not hard, hard, difficult. Mm-hmm. We'll go ahead and read Zechariah chapter 14, verse three and four there. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move toward the north and half of it toward the south. Okay, so wow. we see a lot of cataclysmic events on this Armageddon okay. event, for sure. You know, this... I know that was one thing that you're like, how are they all going to fit on the Mount of Olives? It's, it was something that you struggled with. Well, and that's why you beginning. realize that the population or a lot of people, the people that were the chosen, weren't a, a large large percentage of the population. No, it's a remnant. Not only they're a remnant, of course, Jesus even talks about that. A few right. there be to find life. You, you know, right. make every effort to enter through the narrow gate, yada, yada, yada. Right. We know Jesus <laughs> talked about all that stuff. Exactly. Okay. So it wasn't easy to, of course... You know, you had to stand up against the mark of the beast. Right. So there were very few people that I think made it all the way through. Fighters were going to fight. A lot of people were killed, but those people were resurrected during this time. This is the first resurrection. Right. People that were survived it, they were the rare few. Right. And of course, they're the only ones in history that never died or never will die. Right. All of us will have to face death. I know that's depressing, but that's okay because you know what we know what comes after death. But one thing about the Armageddon event that I want to bring up is yeah. it was a very cataclysmic time. Mm. I mean, I'm talking Earth moved. That was how how terrible it was. Right, and when we talk about that extraordinary event, that it had to be something of that enormous amount and nature of vitality or viciousness i believe the world before this event took place looked much different than it does today and i'm going to show you why i believe this in this in this message this is why this is kind of a little bit of a mind blower here <laughs> because the way we look at our earth now i don't believe it looked that way in biblical times mm-hmm. and it was this event that we're talking about now that changed the world and made it look like the way that we see it today because this was massive there was it was a massive over, over, overhang. So, okay. we're going to go to skip a little forward to Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9. Go ahead and read just a few verses in there and we'll talk about those. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day it shall be, the Lord is one, and his name one. All the land shall be turned into a plain from Geba to Rimon, south of Jerusalem. Okay, so did you see what it said there? That all the land, see, this is why I'm saying, the landscape, right? Apparently, in this event, changed drastically mm-hmm. from what it was. Because mm-hmm. here he was saying how 
all the land was turned into a plane. So there was definitely some cataclysmic events going on. And there's other ones I'm going to show you that back up this revelation. This was an event that took place. It, I think, changed the landscape of the earth. And so the maps back then... And this is why I think that Rome could have taken over the entire world. I think it was primarily one continent and it was this cataclysmic events that happened in the Armageddon events. The destruction of the nations or right. the judging of the nations. Exactly. That ch and, and God didn't need the nations to be t together. He mm -hmm. needed them to be, get to, to be together so he can expand the gospel out exactly. quickly to all the world. Exactly. But then after that was finished and accomplished, I believe the plan was to split them all up. And this is exactly what I see happening on the Armageddon event. So let's go ahead and continue on here. The people shall dwell in it, and no longer shall there be utter destruction, but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. The current location of Jerusalem now mm -hmm. is not the biblical place that Jerusalem is back in their day. I think that Christ right now is reigning from Jerusalem right today. The biblical Jerusalem, not the theme park Jerusalem right. they call in the Middle East over there that we call Jerusalem today. Well, I don't I, think it's the same city at all. It's just totally from, different cities. Just from my own research and things that I've kind of just slightly looked into, that that was come about through involvement of like the early 1900s and placing of things and investment by a large, well-known family. Well, I, I'm going to do a show okay. on this on this idea that the Jerusalem that is in biblical times that Jesus is now is his headquarters right now where he is he resides is not the same place and I'm going to prove this biblically. Okay. I don't just say these things and say, no. "Oh, well, you know, I, I this is my own opinion. I can show you a script." And we're going to go into Daniel cuz Daniel talks a little bit about this. Daniel chapter 9 and he discusses this idea. No, Jerusalem is going to be a sin-free city from here on out. There's a number of different ways he even states this right. fact. Well, you know, let's go back to the idea that Satan likes to mimic God. He likes to falsify and, of course, we know, deceive many. But he likes to put a, a phony replica of what he, yep, yep, he's, he's, a fraud, he's yep. putting out there so that we believe him. And so wouldn't that make sense if what we all think is Jerusalem today is the phony that... The forgery that Satan placed there to begin with, to throw us all off, to distract us. It's a yeah, it's a huge distraction. Mm -hmm. The theme park area they call <laughs> you know Israel and Egypt over there. I, I no, know they I, made it look like it's so realistic to what the Bible says it is, and I know a lot of people are drawn to visit there. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of tourist money they get as a well, result of people thinking they're going over there. Oh, this is where who Jesus walked. Want to go and think, oh, this is where Jesus walked, or this is where his gravesite was, and he came out, he resurrected from this place. I know that would be really beautiful, but I'm not going to focus on something that I don't really feel is important right now to where and how we're living. And this is the place that giants roamed at one point? Because supposedly <laughs> Israel yeah. had never had giants in the land right. before they had to conquer it, right? Right. It just, the whole story doesn't make sense, and I can... Eventually, I'll do a show proving well, this. It's so it's easy, biblically, to prove yeah. that that isn't the same place. But it takes a long time to explain this to well, people. Here's the thing: it's it is a mind blower in the fact that everyone believes that's what because that's what we're told. Now, if you go to the idea that because you're told something doesn't necessarily make it real, 
doesn't necessarily make it the truth. It's just something that was told to you. So if that was put mm, yeah. there and Satan put it there and he's orchestrated and got other people behind it and makes it look like it's what it says the Bible says it is, doesn't necessarily make it the place where Jesus was. And so I think we have to just accept and understand that there are falsities out there. There is phonies, forgeries, deception, rampant. And that could be part of one of the deceptions. I mean, we're living in the age of deception. Exactly. How how much of a push? Yeah. A stretch of the imagination going to be that maybe they made up this place that we call Israel, and that right. isn't a real place. Are we? So, that would be an awesome deception, honestly. Right. No, I'm thinking. Are, are we so desperate to want to believe that that's where Jesus was at and all that in the Bible, or could we believe that he might be where the real Jerusalem is? preparing that for us and coming when this is all done, when Satan's time is up. All right, we're taking too much time here, uh, but <laughs> let's go ahead and move on here because there's other things that happen on this Armageddon event that we need to, right. look, we need to look at. Go ahead and continue on and here. And this shall be the plague with which the Lord will strike all the people who fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall dissolve while they stand on their feet. Their eyes shall dissolve into their sockets and their tongues shall dissolve in their mouths. Okay, this is describing the fervent heating event. Peter actually describes as well. We're going to go read his as well. But see, this is a fervent heat. Right. Okay, this is exactly Mm. what we're talking about here. This is going to burn all these countries. And that's why they had to hide in caves. Mm-hmm. They were like hiding in caves because right. if they were outside, they would just be basically, wow. they would just be fried. That could have been an asteroid. <laughs> you know, the Hollywood has their style of te- telling all these stories about Armageddon. And but the fervent heat sounds like it was a fiery rock from outer space. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of gruesome the way it's describing it here. You know, your eyes dissolving in your sockets and all this other stuff. And you're all like, man, this is brutal. I'm glad that's in the past. Yeah, and but like I said, this is in our rearview mirror now. But right. we're going over it to explain that, no, this is something that happened. Right. And God was judging the nations because of their rejection yes. and their yes. disobedience. It was like a Sodom and Gomorrah type yes. style event but, is what was going on here. ten times hotter. And yeah. So, and we'll go ahead and keep reading here, verse 13. It shall come to pass in that day that a great panic from the Lord will be among them. Everyone will seize the hand of his neighbor and raise his hand against his neighbor's hand. And Judah also will fight at Jerusalem. And the wealth of all the surrounding nations shall be gathered together, gold and silver and apparel in great abundance. Okay, so here, just saying that capital city now, Mm -hmm. we know it's going to be Jerusalem for Jesus. Right. That basically everyone's going to come there, and it's it's going to be the new capital for Jesus when he and he's returning here, and he's going to make Jer- Jerusalem the capital again. This isn't the same place as we call Jerusalem today. I don't right. think it's the same location. Yeah. I think it's a completely different place. Mm-hmm. But it's good to understand this: that wealth and money and power is going to go into that city. This is what Armageddon is all about. It's to you got to squash the nations that are going to stand up against you, and that's right. what they did. They right. they weren't just going to be oh Christ is here, we're just going to obey him. No, they already rejected Christ. So now it's a forced obedience and a forced reckoning severe and a severe the day punishment. Of, the day of reckoning, right? That's exactly. what it was. Okay, exactly. Let's go ahead and continue to read here. Such also shall be the plague on the horse and the mule, on the camel and the donkey, and on all the cattle that will be in those camps. So shall this plague be. 
And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year and worship the king and the Lord of hosts and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay, so... Like I say, I think this is early millennial reign that, mm. that this all transpired. Uh-huh. And I'll explain this more in another show because I'm looking at history, the way God dealt with Israel in the mm. past. And I'm just, I, I believe the same sort of thing happened later. Right. Okay. Well, and I'm going to explain this, why I think this way. The point is more proof that this yeah. was already in our ancient past. Look at all right. these mules. Who uses mules and donkeys and stuff today no we all have cars now this is more proof that this is all in our past and not in some kind of future event where everyone's gonna be oh we're going back to we're using horses and mules now it's like okay guys we're not gonna go back to that time again the only people that have horses and mules are people that farmers yeah Mm -hmm. it's not gonna be your typical cities aren't gonna have more proof that this is already an ancient history type Mm -hmm. thing but in those days, that's what they all wrote on. In the first century, that in the, which is what I'm describing here, right. this was their modes of transportation. Egg. Let's be realistic here. This is all ancient history, yes. all in the past. Yes. Just like I'm saying, more evidence here mm. of just what was around there. Oh, looks looks like they had they were using mules and stuff. Well, right. uh, we're not using mules today. Sorry. Right. We all we we have tractors we use now. And it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king the Lord of hosts, on them there will be no rain. Okay, and then, of course, this is kind of getting into the whole millennial rain side of things, and we'll probably right. stop it here for, for now and just move on. But the, during the millennial reign of Christ, at least early on, the families had to come up and pay homage. At least mm. he, he wanted to get a right footing on the world. Okay, I'm the Lord, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And I believe early millennial reign, this is what occurred. Mm. Now, I have my reasons for believing it didn't continue on, and I'm going to explain that in future shows, but I think early millennial reign, you you have all this transpiring where they mm. basically had to pay homage. All the families of the earth had to pay homage okay, to to Christ. I think this okay. was only maybe a 40-year, 50-year period, just so he could take the training wheels off and everything right. of the countries and let them kind of self-rule and self-govern. Because that's what God did with Israel. You know, same thing. Mm-hmm. We'll go into the reason why I believe that in a future show. Anyway, let's go into Second Peter chapter 3 because we're kind of getting a little bit later on our time. Right. And this, again, is describing the fervent heat event that we all, all of a sudden read there in Zechariah chapter 14. Right. Okay, right. let's go ahead. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Okay, let me stop there for a second because, again, that's describing exactly the same event that Zechariah described with, you know, their eyes melting in their sockets right. and all that. So it's obvious this is the same event. Well, and there are some signs of that, even though our history books don't really record or talk about that too much. There are signs of that in certain areas of people where people live that they can see this evidence of a melted buildings and landscapes and even pictures. I think there was some posted on on websites and whatnot. But it, the evidence is clear. They're just not talking about it in our culture. And there's a lot of melted building pictures mm-hmm. you can go look up online. Yeah. You see buildings that were just melted and, and basically they're there. Right. 
fervent heat. The only thing that can melt buildings is fervent, is fervent heat. heat. And I, I don't care. You had to get really hot, and then it melted these buildings down. Right. Matter of fact, a lot of these, quote, we think of our mountains are right. actually just melted buildings. Right. And not all mountains are melted buildings, but I think a lot of them are melted right. buildings. Brick structures. Yeah, these brick structures that just yeah. melted, and then they became a mountain because you couldn't live in them anymore. <laughs> and, of course, everybody died inside there because it was right. the, the heat was so intense. intense. It, it right. burned their sockets out. And right. It's like what Zachariah described. A lot of people were dying then. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, again, both Zachariah and Peter describes this fervent heat of it. Heat, yes. Okay, so I'm just trying to get you to make correlations. It isn't just one prophet that said this, but right. there were others that said the same thing. Corroboration. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm just trying to get us to understand, and, and, and we can get d- details of Armageddon events in these two mm-hmm. different accounts. Yes. Okay, so let's keep, keep okay. moving on here. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you be in the holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Okay, so Peter's is saying, okay, now that you know what's kind of coming down the pike right. here pretty quick for you guys. <laughs> um, how ought you to live now? Exactly. Shouldn't you live godly? And this is what I'm trying to tell people now. We need to now live godly and holy. Godly. Just like he was saying here, our conduct needs to be godliness. But unfortunately, we live in a day and age where the conduct of people's conduct is like, it's, just it's almost the exact opposite. Of, it's yes. the exact opposite of godliness. Oh, it is. It really is. I mean, and, and it's only getting worse. It is. And that's what's so sad. And, it's not only in our society, but it's in things that are coming out of Hollywood. It's in books. It's everywhere. It's prevalent in all these things around us. And it's just, it's nastiness that pervades us. See, we're not looking forward to the fervent heat event. At least no. we know that that's in our rearview mirror now. Yeah. We do have a judgment day coming. We're going to be judged based on what we, uh, our knowledge of what we what we know in, in the Bible. Right. We talked about this in previous shows. And so we're going to be, we, we have a different kind of judgment going. An mm-hmm. outer darkness judgment. Of course, they had to deal with that one too, because once they die, then they have, they have you know, they're going to have final judgment as well. Right. But we, that's what we had to look. So we need to act in accordance to, okay, we don't have the fervent heat event coming, because that already mm-hmm. was in a rearview mirror, but we have other events that are going to transpire that are going to be, to me, as bad. Well, because yeah. we have, we're looking forward to the second death, which we don't want to do. We want to have eternal life, right? And not have to go through a second death. There's Peter describing exactly the same right. event that Zechariah is describing, and that's why I love it when I see these correlations between these two. Yes, they, they basically more. There's more than just one person saying the same thing, and we get we get details from each one of them. Perfect. Exactly. The last one I want to go through almost entire book of Revelation, <laughs> from chapter four yeah. all the way to chapter nineteen. <laughs> is essentially describing the Armageddon right. events. Obviously, I don't have time to go through all that. Okay, There's just so much there. If you want to read it, go read it for yourself. Right. I mean, John goes into great detail on all the, all the stuff the angels did. Okay, seven bulls, seven seals, seven trumpets. Right. All that stuff was just all the Armageddon events that transpired. But there's one that I want to bring up well, that, in Revelation 16. That makes sense. And I just, I, I just realized it. If this was all for their time, this was all basically what they needed to know, it makes sense that it took up most of the book of Revelation because they were enduring it. So for us, we're recounting what they had to go through and what was vitally important for them to know. And we can learn from it, but we don't have to experience it. I'm glad we don't have to experience that. (laughs) 
Man, I mean, you just read some of the things that the angels did in Revelation, uh-huh. and you'll be like, I'm glad I wasn't there. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't on the on the other end of that one. I'd rather just be looking <laughs> through the glass. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was definitely difficult times. We're going to read Revelation 16, because yes. this is one, I, and I only want to bring up ones that I think be applicable to what uh, well, what we're, we're working on and we're dealing with today. An accurate description of what is has happened. Yeah, so Revelation chapter 16, we're going over the seven bowls in mm-hmm. Revelation. Actually, okay. the seventh bowl. All okay, right. So why don't okay. you go ahead and read that? And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings. And there was a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake as had not occurred since men were on the earth. Okay, so here he's describing, this is the event that I believe split the continents up okay. the way we see them now. So this, it was a vital shaking. Yeah, I, you know how the you know the world always says, oh, well, we used to be like Pandora, one continent, mm. but it took millions and billions of years for it to all split. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that it didn't take millions and billions of years. Uh-huh. So, and I've stated <laughs> on this show, I mean, I'm one of the only ones that have stated this. I believe that the world was primarily one continent back in biblical days. And I'm the only one that has stated this, and I don't care what other people think of me stating this. Because I think the biblical evidence is here, and I think it explains a lot of things that happened in history. And I'll, well, I'll explain that here in a minute. I think the way we can look at it is God does things a certain way to make it kind of simple and easy for people to do what he asked them to do. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be, you know, extravagant. It can just be basic. And this is why when I think that the event happened where Jerusalem Mm. was taken away Uh from where we live now to a different location. Because of this earthquake. Because of these great earthquakes. That Mm -hmm. was, what does it say about the earthquake? Had not occurred since there were there was any Men it was the greatest the earthquake ever in the history exactly. of the world. You have this massive earthquake yeah. that in my opinion is is what they, what God used to split up the continent during this time. Okay, this event, this this seventh bowl, the angel came mm-hmm. down and poured down this bowl right here. This was a massive event. I'm we're going to read on here and I'm going to show you why I believe that the continents were split up at this time. We'll right. go ahead and okay. keep reading. Now the great city was divided into three parts. And the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Then every island fled away and the mountains were not found. Okay, do you see what it said at the very end there? The islands fled away. And how could you not find a mountain when you knew where that mountain was at? Unless it changed locations. See, Or it was brought low. Yeah, I mean... There was obviously, yeah, because because the Zechariah event showed you that it was the landscape was changing right and left. But see, here it describes, well, we knew where that mountain was. And now that mountain's gone now. What I'm thinking happened is this is the splitting up of the continents. They knew where everything was at and they split up the continents. And now we don't know where everything's at now. And this explains also the age of discovery that oh, happened with yeah. Christopher Columbus. Mm-hmm. That narrative. Okay, because you're all like thinking, okay, wait a minute, you're trying to tell me they didn't know where these continents were all the way through human history, six thousand years. There were no maps drawn. There was no sailors and 
No whatever. one knew that these continents mm-hmm. existed. Right. Until Christopher Columbus happened to just oh Stumble go over them. there. No, see what it was is they knew those continents existed. They just didn't know didn't know where they went. That would make a whole lot more sense to me. So they had to discover what they knew was out there. They just didn't know where it was. Yeah, well we knew there was some land over here, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden it's gone now. We need to discover where this land went now. And then we have to draw a proportionate maps. To yeah, and then of course the map making, they had to start all right. that. And so that's why the maps were had to get redrawn. Because they knew where they were at. They knew they had old maps, mm-hmm. but those old maps are no longer work because the whole continents had been broken up. And so what the whole narrative with Christopher Columbus, even if he was a real person or not, I don't know. Right. Because they make so much up in history. Well, there's we the Vikings too and all this other stuff. The whole point is that it, there was an age of rediscovery. They had to figure right. out where, where all these continents went. And that's what all this narrative was all about. Right. And so that would make a heck of a lot more sense to me yeah. than, oh, we didn't know there was a whole continent over there <laughs> called Americas or whatever. This... I mean, this narrative makes absolutely zero sense. Well, but if you if you understand it the way I'm explaining, right, that would make a lot more sense. Because see, they even have to build ships that need to be really going over a lot of big, large areas of ocean either. Right. They didn't need to need to bother with that, and so they only needed to buy sh- have ships that just dealt with small little river and tributaries and whatnot. Right. And that's essentially the only ships they needed. But now they needed ocean vessels now mm-hmm. to go over huge oceans. Go and I think that journeys. took time. Yes. So by the time you get to the age of discovery with Christopher Columbus, Magellan, all those other guys, right. that's when all that happened. Right. Yeah. That would make a whole lot more sense and in history that, than what we're told. that kind of led into um, the new discovery or the rediscovery of what they knew of. But that led into other ideas and concepts of what the terrain and how it all forms and stuff. And so there's a lot of other misconceptions and things that the devil throws in there because he can. Because that was kind of after he was released. Well, and I think, you know, with Jesus, remember, he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Mm-hmm. Remember, the devil took him up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms on earth. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. If these continents were all split up like... <laughs> Like we see him now, right? How that, that would be an impossibility for right. him to see all the continents on Earth. But if they were all connected, if they were all kind of together, then I think that that would be very possible. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, that that's a very good idea. So you see, it. there's reasons why I believe this way that the continents were mostly together. Right. Obviously, there were some islands, but I think that they were mostly together, mm-hmm. and because God needed them to be all together, right? So He could spread the gospel really quickly. And stuff in that first century. But then after that event was done, mm-hmm. he didn't need the continents to be all together again. And so he split them all up. Right. Well, that, that's very. Yeah. That, to me, that makes the most sense. Yes. It also has biblical backing here. Yes. I'm not like making this up. No. Like, not thinking, oh, well, maybe this. No, if you understand. But see, most people think this is in the future. That's why okay. nobody's thinking this way. So you have to understand, we live in a society where there are so many continents and there's water and all this we're thinking that our reality was their reality and their reality is our reality was is what our reality is now and it wasn't and i think we just have to understand there's a lot of truth and a lot of things that god wants to show us and we have to be open to receive that and that's just really tough is to have to relearn what we were taught that is not true 
and what is true. And so have grace with yourself. Have grace with family members and people you want to share this with because God has grace for us. And I think if we just understand it's all a journey and a learning process to unprogram ourselves from all the stuff that we've been lied about. Yeah, I know this is that's kind of a bombshell information, but this is why I you know like there's things that I'll say on this show that no one else <laughs> is brave enough to actually say. But I don't care anymore because I'm looking at things like okay, well wait a minute now, how could this have worked? And this makes the most sense to me. That's why I was always been said all along that the Armageddon event is when the, when the continents got split up. It's hard for people to believe that even among the Christian church. Right. But I'm just telling you, this is what I see in my Bibles. Exactly. It's not like I'm making this stuff up. I'm reading it in my Bible yeah. and going, okay, well, that would make sense. What happened to those, what happened to those islands? Where'd they go? Right. Oh, what happened to the, to those continents? Yeah. Where, what happened to those mountains? Where'd they go? Yeah. Yeah. We know where they went now. They just went away and they had to go find them again. Right. Well, the idea is that you come to an understanding of things because you're reading the word of God. And if something does not make sense, you pray about it, you fast, you read more, and then God, through his spirit, helps open your understanding, helps you to receive the truths that he wants to show you. But you have to be willing, you have to be patient, and you have to just trust. It's hard for people to believe when I say these things. Right. And that's why, you know, I don't have a big, huge following here. I don't expect this ever to become mainstream. Right. I'm not delusional in that way. I don't expect yeah. this to become like a huge show that everyone will be listening to. No. Right. This is, we're a niche. I'm, I'm looking, I'm working at those people that this, this will, re, this message will resonate with. Right. And I'm getting a lot of people that my messages resonate with people because it's in their spirit. They just know, hey, this is the truth. And that's how right. it's always worked for me. When somebody has revealed a truth to me that I didn't know before, exactly. my spirit just resonated that as being exactly. the truth almost immediately. It's like a gift you're given. You're like, whoa, this is so exciting. And, you know, and I think that's the passion that God has put inside of all of us because that's his spirit. And, and the spirit wants to know the truth. Yes. And that's why I always guided my, my, a lot of people call it your gut. I don't like to call it that. I call it my spirit. My spirit guides me in a direction. I have to figure things out. And that's why I'm the only one who have been saying these things. No one else has been talking about it. No. Right. I believe that the world was essentially one, mostly one continent. And then God split up the continents after the, at the Armageddon event mm -hmm. because he didn't need them all together to spread the gospel to all nations. Right. Like he did, like he had to in the past. Right. Okay. It's just really plain and simple. It is. Everything makes sense. Everything makes sense in the Bible. How could Jesus have seen all the nations of the earth right. on that high mountain? Right. When, uh, you know, we know that the the earth is pretty broad and split up. Well, right. maybe it wasn't so split up back yeah. in those days. Well, and there's you a know? piece. When you hear something and it it doesn't upset your, your you know, your stomach or your, your thoughts or whatever, that there's a piece about it. And that's what this is. I think if we all just accept and understand that there's things that we don't understand, but there's a truth and explanation for everything, and we can find peace in it. And, you know, like I say, there's so much more we could say about Armageddon, because Revelation, almost the entire book of Revelation, <laughs> is really about Armageddon event. And you have Jesus coming down with a white horse mm. and all that stuff, and then, of course, you know, that's in Revelation 19. Even in right. chapter 19, you have Jesus coming down, we could we could have discussed that. Uh -huh. uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb right. that happened, which right. we missed 
Well, we didn't miss it. It never <laughs> was really ours. Exactly. But they had it then. All that stuff happened at the Armageddon event. So, yes, there's a lot of events that happened in the Bible that, you know, we can look mm-hmm. back and go, wow, that happened back then, okay? Right. And most of the Bible already has happened. That's fine. We are living in a time we're living in now. And exactly. God wants, has called us to live right now. And, you know, we wanted to bring this up because don't think that it was an accident that you were born during no. Satan's little season. No, it was not. He needs us. God is relying upon us. So I've talked about how we get really just OCD and people want to control everything. Well, guess what? You weren't in control of when you were born and who you were born to and the people that you have in your life, uh, your family and whatnot. But the beautiful thing is God knew. He knew when you needed to be born and who you needed to have around in your life. And I think that's just powerful for where we are and what's going on in our lives. I am a fighter. I know there are probably a lot of other people who are fighters in that they fight to know the truth. They fight to want to live and rightly for God because we know that we're going to be held accountable for how we live. And I know that there's reasons that we may not know of for why we're living right now. And I am so grateful for every day that God gives us, for the truth that he exposes us and gives us to hear and know. Because if we can live every day more rightly for him, that just pleases him greatly. And I'm so glad that you're all here with us to share in this journey of living, obedient, faithful, trusting lives for God. We have walked this journey alone for so long. We appreciate every single person listening to this show. Yes, we do. Because honestly, we had these ideas and everything and and, and we were get basically about the bible but we didn't know anybody else <laughs> yeah and we were all like oh we i know there's other people out there that this Who message will resonate hear this? you know <laughs> it's just difficult because right. when, you, when you when god has called you out of yes. the world it's a lonely place to be it honestly. is lonely it really okay. is and most of our life we've been kind of lonely we've been kind of aloners in our views of things because we're all like nah with this resonating with is too hard there's no right. way this can't be right but there's all the churches people were deceived around us. And I'm sure that everyone that's listening to this show can understand that. I, I'm sure you can. And I'm sure that hearing this, being directed however way you got to this site to listen to this, and if you're pointing other people, it's because deep down inside of you, you want to know what the Word of God says. What is the truth? And that pleases our Father in Heaven. I believe God is so pleased when we seek and even in Matthew, it says, seek first the kingdom of God. Well, I believe his word. It's it's living and active. And he wants us to be all about learning and knowing what his truth is. And he's pleased, pleased with everyone listening. And we are so grateful to have this opportunity and to let him use us. I just want to have this gratitude to God for everyone listening and for the opportunity that he's given us because I am blessed. I'm blessed to know that I'm using what God has given me for his glory. And a quick shout out to our friends in the UK, Australia, Canada, United States, whatever country that you're coming from, even the people in the Philippines listening to this show. In Africa. Every single continent on earth is represented on this show right now. (laughs) Praise the Lord. We are trying to get people a revolution going. Yes. In Trying an anti-deception revolution. Egg. And that's what my goal is just in every continent. We don't need to go over to your country. We could just, you could just listen to our show 
we have people that want to even translate our show into Spanish. Amen. And we said, it's non-copyright. You can do whatever you want. I don't yes. care. Share I don't it. care about the money. I just want to get the message out. That's it. Exactly. And that's what we're doing this show for. We appreciate you guys' support and prayers and, like I say, an understanding about it. Yes. And, you know, we're just trying to get the message out. That's it. Thank you, God. Because we're living in Satan's little season. Not only because it's biblical. Because it's the only thing that makes sense. Join or contact us at satanslowseason.org. This is a non-copyright Living in Satan's Little Season production.